Blog Talk Radio. to Got Clutter, Get Organized. I am your host, Janet M. Taylor, and I want to say hello if you're a regular listener, and welcome if you're listening for the very first time, and hello to all of you who will be listening via iTunes and Stitch Radio and TuneIn and Park Coalition Radio, as well as those of you who are a part of my Blog Talk Radio community and those who may be joining me in the chat room. I hope you are having a great start to your week. And today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. So you want to get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com forward slash get organized. And a little bit later, I will be sharing my audiobook selection for this week. Well, today we have joining us Ms. Candice Powell-Kennard an educational consultant, and she will be sharing with us, for those of you who have kids who are about ready to go to college, how to get organized to prepare, get that prep, that pre-college prep, now it's pre-college prep, for your children. And, of course, in the next half hour, I will be providing you with some tips in my Taylor's Tip Time, as well as my product suggestion, my app suggestion, and my repurpose suggestion for the week. But, of course, before I bring on our guest, I went on um, Google, found from fastweb.com, 35 cool but weird college majors. I'm not going to go over all 35. I'm just going to go over four. And I thought they were interesting because we're talking about college prep. And I figured I wanted to know what some of the most interesting majors out there were. So the first one is Arctic Engineering. And it trains graduate engineers to deal with the challenges of design, construction, and operations of coal regions in the world. And this is um, given a degree from University of Alaska, Fairbanks. Number two is bagpiping. Who would have thought? A program of study where a person can get a complete grounding in music as well as specific instruction. The degree program trains students for administration, research, production, and executive positions in the baking industry from Kansas State University. And the last one is diving and technology. Management of dive of the dive business along with physics and psychologically as applied to diving emergency medicine, first aid, Etc. And this is given at the Florida Keys Community College. So there's some interesting things out there for your children to study. That you may think crazy, but they're actual degrees, and they probably would—they're um, providing a, a great service. So 
I bring to you Ms. Candace Powell Kennard. She has over 20 years of experience in post-secondary preparation. She is an educational consultant inspiring organizations, students, and their families to bring educational dreams to life. Candace's rich past experience includes working in college administration at Arcadia University, managing and creating new access program initiatives, supervision of school-based practitioners, and managing college access centers for a nonprofit in Philadelphia. She has extensive experience in providing direct service to middle school, high school, and adult students, including low-income and first-generation students. Candace is an active member and has presented at the National Association for College Administration Counselors and the PACAC Conference and served as a delegate for four years. Profile and the PACA's newsletter, and she is currently the chairperson of the Philadelphia NACAC National College Fair, a scholarship reader for two ships a scholarship reader for two scholarship programs and has been a faculty member for the PACA Summer Institute. Her passion for the issue of access to higher education can be seen through her work as an advisory council member of the Philadelphia College Prep Roundtable, a networking organization for college preparatory professionals, Villanova's undergraduate advisory council, and other Higher Education Advisory Committees in Pennsylvania and Delaware. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Candace on. Good evening, Candace. Good evening, Janet. Man, that was a long I bio. Think- <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I was, was like, I probably, I know I messed it up. I know I messed it up. I was like, oh, my goodness. This is a okay, I'm going to just so. No, you did But good. I just wanted everybody well, thank you, but I wanted everybody to know your vast experience because you are yeah. coming with a topic that probably parents are like, there's actually somebody out there that does that. Yay, because I'm pulling <laughs> my hair out. <laughs> I know, right? So, <laughs> you so can my first get question help. To you, <laughs> so what made you, first of all, decide to do what you do and you're passionate about it? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because um, your uh, list of the interesting and weird college majors was a kind of a good segue for me to answer this question. Um, It's not really like you can go to college to become a college admissions counselor or, you know, a college access professional, not at least when I got started. There are there are programs now that are starting to head down that way where you can get certified, you can, um, you know, get a degree. Still not super popular, but they're growing. So when I got started, it it started for me in helping people that I knew, um, learned that, and I had a part-time job doing some of this work while I was in college. And the next thing I knew, as is the case with many people, an opportunity opened up. Um, it was not connected to my major originally, which was uh, marketing and business business administration. But, you know, an opportunity opened up, and I said, you know, this is a great way for me to get some experience. It included travel, um, and it did just that. I got a lot of experience. 
But I will tell you one real quick story as to really how I became passionate about the work. Um, I, my career really started to take off at the point at which I discovered how frequently students and families were being misinformed or just flat out uninformed altogether. Um, and I was in a, a high school in New York and I was doing my regular, here's, you know, how, about this college and here's how you get in and, you know, you have to have these SAT scores and these uh, GPA levels. And a student raised their hand and said, uh, asked me, you know, you mentioned that I needed to have these SAT scores. And he said, well, what's the SAT? And I was kind of dumbfounded. I was shocked um, as I was young in my career that I was in a classroom full of what I thought were seniors. And it was, I think, very close to being December, if not the first week of December. And here's this young man who just, not only had he not taken the test, but he didn't know anything about it. And, you know, at that point, I just said, this is not right. And, you know, no fault to the school and, you know, just just happened. Just a bunch of kids who fell through the cracks. And I just said, this is, there's got to be a better way. Um, you know, the school had, I think, like two counselors, huge school, uh, just a lot that needed to be done. And at that point, I took my jacket off, you know, kind of rolled up my sleeves, literally, and I gave a workshop. You know, I skipped all the, oh, here's how you get into my particular college, um, you know, spiel, and, and went into a workshop. You know, we, we got into it so that by the time I left, they had a better understanding of what this process was. And then I was on fire from there, Janet. <laughs> I was wow. like, this can't happen anymore. Um, and it, unfortunately, yeah. that wasn't the last time that that happened. I wish I could say that it was, but it was not. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can only imagine. Yeah. I can. Um, so, so with all of that, how should parents start the process? I mean, is there? I'm wondering, is there a time when they definitely should and? Start. I mean, I don't even know like what grade level anymore because things are just so progressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if yeah, you wait until senior is, year, you're too late. I know, right? It's a little uh, dumbfounding. It's 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 a little. It, it can be um, anxiety driven. It it can cause angst. Um, but I I do recommend that families. You know, there's that funny little cliche that says, you know, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is, oh, my God, that's disgusting. Why would you eat an elephant? No. <laughs> the answer is, you know, one bite at a time, right? So and the, the point of that little cliche and little idiom is that, you know, when you have a big thing, which the process of going off to college is, you know, you want to take it small chunks and, and one bite at a time, if you will. Um, I would say that college preparation starts well before you're actually applying to a college. You know, so college preparation is really about you preparing to get to the next step um, after high school. So 
for the time period that you really should start, I would say in elementary school you're starting to really awaken a student's love for learning. And that is helping them to read properly, getting them the resources that they need if um, they need help with reading, getting those foundational skills set. But reading is like the keys to the kingdom. You know, if your child reads and can read well, um, which starts early, there are so many doors that open up to them because they begin to teach themselves at some point, you know. And so college preparation really can start with you picking out a couple books and reading to your kids at night. It really can start that early. Um, As they move into middle school, middle school is that preparation for high school. So you're preparing a student at the middle school level to either get into a highly selective high school or to begin to have the foundation so that they can do high school work in a, um, you know, standard public school, in a, you know, private school, in a charter school. It really doesn't matter what type of high school, but middle school is that foundational level where they learn how to get those basics, you know, under their feet so that they're ready to do high school level work. Um, And again, middle school, one of the most important skills is reading. And then in in middle school is also, I would say, that the foundational math is really critical. Um, Nailing those two things eases a student into the high school process and also creates a heightened level of success. So it really can start very, very early. And I, I think in a traditional set of thinking, I think that generally speaking, people think that college preparation starts in high school and begins with a thought of, you know, how am I going to pick a college? And for sure, you know, the college selection process starts in high school, but academic preparation starts much earlier than that and and does make a big impact. Hmm. You know that that right. just it's makes huge. so much. I mean, I'm, 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 it's huge. I mean, as you are talking, it's like the dots are being connected in my mind. It does make <laughs> sense because I think of all the children who are mm-hmm. in high school. They graduate, they go to college, but then when they go to college, they have to take these remedial courses because yep. they're not prepared for college yep. and that whole setting. And I mean, personally, I was just not prepared for the whole setting. I went from high school and I went to a college and I'm in a class, economics class of 800 people. That was just like a culture right. shock to me. But that's a whole nother right. thing. But, 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 but you're right. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm like, well, it makes sense. It makes sense. Even though, like you said, we're always yep. thinking college prep, okay, we got to do the applications. But really, college prep starts in elementary school, making sure they know how to read, yep. making sure they know those fundamentals. Yep. And as they go through, so by the time they get to the place where they are applying, then every that's like a lot easier, and they're more prepared for the SATs. Wow, Candace, you just really like right. just kind of connected. Thoughts were just connecting while you were talking. I don't right. know if you could hear it. Mind in the blown, right? <laughs> yeah, it really Mind is. Blown. It's like wow. Right. Ah, uh, you know, Janet, it's interesting because um, I think 
you know, those pivotal moments when I was discovering um, some of the inequities that happen in our society around who gets this information and who doesn't, um, you know, over my career, it really became very clear just how far back. I mean, in some cases, you, you hear it in some of the larger cities all the time that, you know, getting your kid into the right daycare program with these long waiting lists, you know, that's the key to getting them into Harvard and Yale, you know, and so, you know, there's some very high-powered daycare programs that are out there that are actually making those connections. But, you know, it doesn't have to be quite that deep. Um, but, but the reality is that real foundational stuff around reading, writing, and math, or, you know, the old saying was reading, writing, and arithmetic, but reading, writing, and math can make huge strides toward that student having a lot of options and having a lot of doors and opportunities open to them. Um, and, I, and I do think that an appreciation for education, a love of learning, and then um, nailing what you're passionate about makes a huge difference. Um, so you and I are on the phone or on this call talking, right, you're doing mm -hmm. what you are so good at and what you are passionate about, right? But yeah. you probably didn't always know that as a teenager. No, I, I, I didn't. Did. And if you knew how many, if you knew how many degree, different degrees I was thinking of, I actually started <laughs> as a hospital administration. Um, somehow wound up with a degree in fashion merchandising. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it, and it really is about the journey. And the journey, I think, is okay. Um, so early in my career, we used to say, oh, go to college. Don't worry about what you're going to study. You know, you'll kind of figure out some things when you get there. You'll take classes and you'll determine what you like and what you don't like. And I think to some extent that's still true. Um, I think it becomes a little bit of a different conversation just because the cost of higher education has gone up. Um, you know, so for example, you probably, it's probably not a great idea to go to a school that's, you know, say $64,000 a year when the career that you're studying has a starting salary of maybe thirty-five. You know, there's kind of a financial disconnect between those two things. What is what is your real opportunity to either pay back any of the loans that you've had to take out? You know, so so there's there are some some other thoughts that have to go into that. There there really is a, a thoughtful process that should take place. But at the end of the day, I am such a proponent of students finding their passion you know, finding that passion that was given to them and and working on it. Um, I was uh, conducting a workshop the other day and having this conversation with a young man who was a phenomenal artist. He currently works with um, new artists and designs their label covers, their CD covers, you know, creates logos. Amazing, Right. So I said, oh, this is fantastic. This is great. Well, what do you want to study in college? Just knowing that he was going to tell me something related. And he said, 
uh, probably like uh, occupational therapy. Or I was like, what? And I could almost hear the record scratch, right? Er, what? <laughs> um, that that was not at all connected to what he was passionate about and what he really had a skill set for. But someone had shared with him that that was a career that had, you know, significant salaries when you got into the career and that, you know, maybe he should think about that. That might still be a great plan, but it was not what he was passionate about. And what you're passionate about gets you up in the morning. It gets you out of bed, in most cases, without your alarm. You know what I mean? So my my challenge to... Right? So my challenge to those who are listening, um, you know, if you have young people from, you know, middle school on up, um, you know, start getting them to really tap into what they're really passionate about. And that would at least be the first step toward identifying the kinds of things that they would study in college. So... So, and you know, I just want to add this other one thing too. I'm sorry. You know, oh sure. There's a lot of debate between whether or not college um, is for everyone. Um, I lean toward the side that college really is for everyone. Everybody's not going to take this. Excuse me, take the same path. So some students, you know, they're on a beeline right from high school to Harvard or high school to Yale. Some students are going to get to Harvard, Yale, or some of the top HBCUs, but they might start at a community college first, or they might work for a year first, then go back to school, then transfer to the four-year college of their choice. So, you know, the degree doesn't necessarily say what your journey is, but it does say that you have the degree, right? So your journey mm, is very, very different, right? Your journey and your path, you know, could be a figure eight, you know, where someone else's could be a straight line. Um, the it's it's really what you where you end up, not necessarily how you got there. You want to learn as you go through that journey, um, but it's really about where you end up, and it, it has very little to do with all those different steps of how you got there. And college isn't, you know, an automatic job. It's not, That's you're true. not guaranteed, right? We all know that. <laughs> you're That's not true. guaranteed to have a job. You know, right? So everybody says, go to college, get a good job. Well, it's not exactly that easy, and it doesn't exactly work that way. I, I, I like to sh- uh, shift people's thinking a little bit and share with them that college is one of the best places to get information. What you do with that information is up to you. But it's a, it's a place that's just where, you know, hundreds of people are running around and their sole responsibility is to make sure that there's a system set up for you to get some information. And then it's your job to kind of work with those people and get the inf- and then use the information, you know, and connect it to your passion, and boom, you know, you're off and running. And that is so, so true. So, yeah. so Candace, question is, um, with everything that you've shared in regards to yes. college prep, 
How right. would you advise a parent um, right. to really stay organized, also stay on track? Like, is there, do you have like a system that you follow or that you share when you, you were just speaking on? Like, okay, I've got all these applications, but then I, I need to stay on top of the educational piece. And so, how how right. would you suggest I do that? Right. So once you get to the whole, once you get to high school, and now you're really thinking about um, college preparation as it applies to the college selection process and the learning how you're going to pay for college. Um, you know, being organized has so many different benefits. Uh, it, it really helps you to not miss un, uh, miss other opportunities that come along. It keeps you um, less stressed, you know, reduces that frustration. This is not a process where you want to be running all over the house trying to find the documents that you need because the college is asking you to send something, right? This is not that process. You want to have everything that you need all together. You know, a, a good start and practice of organization also carries over into college where you then yet again need to be organized so that you can um, add to your success. So there's there's a lot of benefits. So so just from a uh, in, sort of in your world, Janet, of organization, I actually really do recommend that people start pulling all their materials together and keeping them in one place. So whether it's um, a box, a file cabinet, an old drawer. Um, which I think I may have even seen from one of your posts, which was just really great information. You know, in, in some ways, the whole college organization piece is very similar to other things that you recommend around our paperwork, um, which, by the way, I did clear off my desk just for today's interview. <laughs> <laughs> I got nice myself more organized. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, it could be an old crate. It could be a crate. But all the uh, different documents, so you want to have file folders. Um, you want to have kind of a journal-style notebook where the pages won't fall out and keep all your notes together so that anytime you have a question or someone to call, um, you know, you have all of the contact information in one place. So you have a little section where you just have your notes, but another section where you're keeping phone numbers, websites, and your login information for all these different websites, so you're going to accumulate a number of usernames and passwords as you, you know, come in and out of some of these college prep websites. Um, I still like three-ring binders. Um, I think the, the fact that you can throw those uh, pocket folders in there, the little plastic sheets, or the sheet protectors, some dividers, that's a great way to keep multiple college information in one place. Um, and then uh, because so many of us are using devices, um, I do recommend that if you have access to a family computer at home, that the, uh, you can put a um, you know, computer folder on the desktop and then make sure that all the electronic documents that you have for college are in that one place. And let me say this, too, because the key to this is that the parent and the student both know where everything is. 
because this is a family um, activity, a family decision. A student may go off to college, but the family really is involved. So everybody needs to know where everything is. And, um, and this is something, too, uh, connected to um, some of the posts and things that you share, Janet. That one place in your home, you know, you want to identify wherever it is, this one place in the home where your college preparation work is going to happen, whether it's a corner in the dining room, whether it's a corner in the bedroom, um, or if you have enough space to break out someplace else, you know, a corner in the kitchen um, where some a lot of students do homework in the kitchen while, you know, parents are cooking dinner and things like that. Wherever it is, it should be, you know, organized and parent, the parent and the student should know where all this stuff is. Um, the kinds of things that you want to keep, too, are really important. Um, and it really does, Janet, it goes back to some of what you always talk about, right? <laughs> all these documents and where you should be keeping them. So I, quite frankly, I really would encourage people to go back to some of your earlier posts and um you know, some of the things that you're sharing, because it really, it could really make a difference even in the college um, uh, preparation cycle. Well, thank so, you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> it's good. So my last question to you is, um, how do you encourage students and parents to really stay motivated this time? Um, because, you know, this can be, especially when you're expecting certain things to happen and they don't, and, and sometimes you just got to keep pushing forward. I mean, who would have known that the first college I went to, I didn't do well at, but I knew that mm -hmm. I was a, an A student. And, of course, I just took a year off, and then I went to Pierce right. College, graduated with honors, and, and, you know, now I have a great relationship with all the alumni and the staff. So how do you just, like, tell that young person are like, okay, <laughs> and the parents, okay, We've got to stay motivated. And, of course, I'm losing my voice right. as I always do on Monday. But I can still hear you. You still sound good. Um, Thank you. So there's a couple of things. That question alone could easily be an eight-week seminar. <laughs> okay. 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 I, yeah, you and I would have to go on the road and uh we could do a you know, a dog and pony show. Um <laughs> but I will say this. The the key to keeping your sanity through this process is exactly why you and I are talking about this subject. The key to keeping your sanity is staying organized. Because the thing that starts to dis dismantle kids' hopes and dreams um, are the kinds of things that um, keep them from being able to respond in the way that they should. So colleges and universities, you're, you're going through the application process or you're going through the selection process and you need things like um, copies of transcripts, recommendations, um, activity resumes where you, you know, list all your community um, service or if you've worked a job or if you babysit your siblings, you know, all these documents. And I have seen young people get very frustrated 
because they they can't find their essay that they wrote. They they you know misplaced their student activity resume. Um, they didn't hit save on the computer and lost the whole document. You know, so being able to be organized keeps you from getting frazzled in the moment, particularly when you're trying to meet deadlines. Um, deadlines are super, super important. Uh, there's thousands of students applying to any given um, college and uh, excuse me, any college, uh, both admission and uh, financial aid. Missing a deadline can be really important. So staying organized helps you meet deadlines as well. Um, so that's enough, the first thing. Staying organized keeps you from being frazzled, and, and if you're not frustrated and anxious, then you tend to stay more positive. Um, I think your point, Janet, is one of the second things that I would recommend. There's, a, there's something um, that we call making a good match between the student and the, um, and the college, particularly an academic match. So going someplace where you really feel that you can do the work, where you're comfortable, and that's just about you know asking the right questions, and then the, mm -hmm. and then a good fit, you know, is a, there's a, a a fit between the student and the college, and that fit sometimes is a gut reaction that the student has either from talking to people who are affiliated with the college, or if they had an opportunity to visit, and you know how you feel on that campus. Um, but the fit are all those other uh, pieces um, that help the student feel like they could be successful, generally speaking. Um, and so staying organized between those two things is critical as well. So making the, con uh, excuse me, having the conversation with your family and then also with your school counselor uh, as well as um, the uh, colleges and universities, they absolutely accept phone calls if you have questions. Um, there are, are times for open houses. Those are ways that you can learn more about uh, colleges. And, and, of course, the website. Um, those are the key pieces of information that you can use to make sure that you're making a good match between you and the college and that it's also a good fit so that you have the opportunity to be successful. Um, and then the third thing that I would say to stay focused, stay motivated, is to really surround, uh, for the student to surround themselves with a good team. You know, you really do want to pull in a support team, and that includes, you know, your school counselor who's responsible for helping you get through this process a great teacher, like one of the teachers that just loves you, they love the ground that you walk on, um, they would do anything for you. Of course, parents, um, if the student is a member or a part of a, a nonprofit organization or a college access prep program, you know, those college access practitioners um, are great people to put on your team. So if uh, students are in Upward Bound or uh, programs like Aspira for um, uh, students who have, are Spanish descent or Hispanic. Um, there's a, just a ton of programs out there. Uh, all of the federal-type programs, there are state-level programs, things like the Boys and Girls Club, you know, PAL centers. You know, those are all um, some of those 
nonprofit type organizations that students are a part of, and people that you are connected with in the community can also be on your team and also uh, tend to be the people who will keep you upbeat and motivated and, and you know, staying true. Um, and, and I would say the last thing would be, you know, don't take um, – find a way to accept the rejection and not take it so personally. Um, I tell students, you know, if you get rejected by a particular school – you know, that's their problem if they can't see your greatness. Because there's a mm-hmm. bunch of other schools that, that you can apply to that will recognize your greatness uh, and welcome you to their campus. You know, we're, we're looking at upwards of six, 7,000 uh, um, colleges and universities in the country you know, students will find one that will be their um, college academic home that will welcome them, where they will be successful um, and uh, and have a really good experience. And I would also say, lastly, that the, the financial uh, paying for college piece does stress people out. The, the, the team of people that you assembled as sort of your support team can be extremely helpful to linking you to scholarships helping you to understand the financial aid process. Uh, yet again, that's a conversation that, um, you know, sh- Janet, you and I would have to do like a, a three-week seminar <laughs> <laughs> on understanding the financial aid aspect, which, you know, we don't have time today to get into that whole thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. do the research and lean on your team. You know, those people can link you to the workshops for financial aid, the information, the scholarships. Um, and the websites are just there's tons of really great websites um, that both you know your school counselor can connect you to, um, but that help you to do the research. So that that's how you can stay focused. Those those couple of five to six things can really help you to stay focused. Well, Candice, you've given the listeners so much wonderful information this evening. So how can they connect with you if they're just saying, you know what, I just can't do this by myself. I need to contact Candace. <laughs> so how can people reach out to you? Um, so one of the great ways, particularly this time of year, is by email, um, mostly because I could easily be doing three to four presentations a week. Um, and so email is a great way to reach out. And my email is uh, Candace. C-A-N-D-A-C-E at edudreamer.com. And edudreamer is is, um, E-D-U-D-R-E-A-M-E-R. Candice at edudreamer.com. I'm also on Twitter, and you can find me at College for All, at College for All. Um, And... um, I do Twitter more than anything because it's quick um, for professionals. So I highly recommend organizations to really find a way to pull their young people together to have these conversations. And, of course, I would um, relish the opportunity to come out and uh, present to any organization's parents and students. Um, And so LinkedIn tends to be a more – 
uh, professional networking social media, and so I definitely am in LinkedIn. So you can find me um, at Candace Powell Kynard um, on LinkedIn. And so those are the, the best ways. Well, thank you so much, Candace. You, as I said, you've given us a lot of information on the parents, the students, a lot of information. And listeners, contact her. You know, contact her to speak to your group or organization. Contact her to work with her individually. So, so thank you so much for your time this evening, Candace. It's greatly appreciated. Oh, thank you. This was a this was a lot of fun. It was great. I, it was my pleasure, Janet. Anytime. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Weekend week. Oh, you can tell I'm tired. <laughs> week. Enjoy the rest of your week. <laughs> Yes, yes. Thank you so much. You do the same. All right. Goodbye. Janet Taylor is Janet Taylor is fabulous. I once heard an interview by Patty Stanger, the millionaire matchmaker star. And she talked about how when she sees people, she just sees energy between them. And when I think about Janet Taylor, it reminds me of Patty because Janet goes into a space and she sees the energy in the space and how to make things work better. Different people have different gifts in life and this is Janet. She's just amazing. I worked with her about, this is about 10 years ago, and she is one of the most remarkable people that has ever um, been in my office. She just knows what has to get done. Some people have that gift, and Janet has it. Thank you so much, Chris Sabar. That was an awesome interview by Candace, And um, I hope you do connect with her, especially those of you out there who have children, whether they're elementary, whether they're middle, whether they're high school. And if you've got a group or organization, maybe you've got a dance, your dance moms, or maybe you have a karate school, you need to have her come out and talk to you about the process so you can get the parents organized so that you can have your kids on the right track. Well, of course, those of you who know, our sponsor is Audible and always offers the listeners of this podcast a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash get organized and choose from over 180,000 audio programs. You download the title for free, and you start listening. It's that easy. You just go to audibletrial.com forward slash get organized. It's audibletrial.com forward slash get organized. And, of course, because of tonight's topic, my audiobook selection is The Secret of College Success, Success, Leveraging the Power of Mentors, Savvy Admissions, and Career Making. And this is part of a college series, book one. Again. It is The Secret to College Success, Leveraging the Power of Mentors, Savvy Missions, and Career Making, the College Series, Book One. 
So make sure you go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash get organized to get your free audio book. Well, I just wanted to piggyback off of um, of Candace with some of my Taylor Tip Time tips for organizing the whole college prep process. So as she said, you want to create a folder on your computer or your tablet to save all the applications and the essays, et cetera. And if you have to scan and upload documents, you want to organize them in that folder so that everyone, not only you, but your your students and your kids, everybody knows where those documents are. Number two, keep the most requested documents, of course, You can have a physical copy in a folder, but also upload those documents. Number three, you want to probably create some type of spreadsheet, timeline, so you can keep track of deadlines because you're going to have a lot of different deadlines. You know, I have a friend who has a February 1st, which is the day, deadline for financial aid, which I'm not sure why that particular school made that deadline February 1st because you you have until the 31st to get all of your tax documents from your employers, et cetera. So that's kind of a tight window to work with. But, you know, use some type of spreadsheet. Use a calendar. That's number three. Number four, you heard Candace in regards to um, making sure you organize important emails, contacts, but also passwords, um, et cetera. As you log into the different websites, and the last tip is you might want to get a pocket folder. Now, she suggested a binder, which is great. So if you work with binders, and then that way you can put it on your shelf. But if you want pocket folders, just organize everything because the key is to keep everything organized. So you want to create a folder in your computer. You want to make sure you upload the documents you need and you use frequently in that folder. You may want to create a spreadsheet using um, or either a calendar to keep track of deadlines. You want to make sure you organize all the contacts, the emails, passwords, passcodes. And you definitely want to organize the physical copies as well. Next, I want to move on to my little mailbag. I want to thank you for your tweets, your posts on Facebook, for following me, for retweeting things. I want to also thank you for following me on Periscope and, of course, for joining me on this Blog Talk Radio community. And I want to make sure that if you don't know by now, that this coming Wednesday, February 3rd, at 7 p.m., I will be doing a teleclass. It's Power Keys to an Organized You. So if you want to see the top of your countertop, if you are the person that all of a sudden has clothes everywhere, but you want them in the closet, if you are tired of pulling your house apart every time you look for something, then this teleclass is for you again it is Wednesday, February 3rd, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Discover why you clutter. Get tips on, you know, how to tackle those piles. Understand time wasters and how to conquer them. And you can go to my website at JanetMTaylor.com to register. Now, I know a lot of you listening are on different um, 
time zones. So if you register, I will be recording so you can get a copy of the recording at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Whatever that works out for you is not convenient. So I wanted to share that with you as well. So again, go to my website, JanetMTaylor.com, and register for Power Keys to an Organized You. Well, tomorrow is Tossa Tuesday. And I am suggesting that for those of you who may have been out of college a couple of years, to consider selling those college textbooks. If you're not using them, sell them, especially if they're back in circulation. Now, for those of you, like me, who've been out maybe for 10, 20 years, then it's time to let them go. Now, there may be a slim chance that that college textbook is still in circulation, and you can always check that, and I'm going to give you an, um, that's going to be um, my app suggestion for this week. But I'm suggestion, let's get rid of the textbooks. If you're not using them, they're still in circulation, sell them. If they're not in circulation, it's time to let them go. So my app suggestion for this week is Amazon Textbook Trade. And, and you can get the most for your use textbooks on Amazon.com. Again, Amazon Textbook Trade In. That's my app suggestion for the week. My product suggestion for the week is Project Pocket Envelopes to place information as you go through the college process. And you can get that from CJ Works. And, of course, if you follow me via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, then after this show, there will be a link and you'll be able to see exactly what that product is. It's a great product to help you stay organized. Now, my repurpose suggestion, because those of you who may, may be on your way to college at some point, instead of going out and buying a lot of fancy stuff, sometimes it's good we repurpose stuff because mom and dad has got stuff in the garage. They'll never use it again. So I saw a great idea. It was some shutters. They hung them on the wall to hang important information. It was like a bulletin board. Or take that old filing cabinet and give it new life. So those are just my repurpose suggestions. Again, you can use the shutters, hang them on the wall, and use it as your bulletin board because you can keep track of all the different things. Sometimes you may be visual and maybe a traditional filing cabinet may not work for you. Or you may need a filing cabinet and then there's one just sitting in a corner in the garage. Repurpose it. Give it your own little um, style to it. So that is my repurpose suggestion for the week. Uh, My motivational quote for the week is anything is possible if you have the intelligence and the willpower to make it happen. Again, anything is possible if you have the intelligence and the willpower to make it happen. So I want you to think about that. So anything is impossible. Don't feel, because when we start saying stuff is not possible, this can't happen, we are just kind of setting ourselves up for failure. We have to know. Because as I shared with Candace, when I went to college and I failed out, and yes, I did, I failed out really bad, but I knew that, I was a smart I was smart. I graduated the top ten percent of my, my high school. 
So therefore, I knew it was possible for me to get good grades in college. It just like she said, it wasn't a good fit. So anything is possible. And this is not just for college. Anything is possible. You can clear your desk. You can have an organized closet. You can have an organized kitchen. And you can have an organized home. And you can get to your appointments on time. Anything is possible if you have the intelligence and the willpower to make it happen. So just by, you know, maybe getting a calendar. Maybe use your your, your smartphone and your tablet um, to set off alarms. Maybe maybe something just as simple as once a week making sure you hang clothes back up. It's just those little things that can make a huge difference in your home and your life. So that's my little motivational speech for this week. Next week, we are going to have the importance of organization when those of you who are businessmen and women out there and you want to go after government contracts, the keys on the organization, how important organization plays. From the time you see that RFP listed, which is request for proposal, to the time you pull together the proposal, to the time you submit it, to the time when they send you the letter and say, hey, guess what? You've got the, you've got a contract. How important it is, because I've been on every, I've been on the front end pulling the proposal together. I've been on the end where they've had to submit it, and I've even been um, blessed enough to be on the end where you do get the contract. And, and I know all of the things that the contracts I work for, they have to be, they're extremely organized. So, um, and we have a wonderful woman by Ellen Gaston. She's um, has tons of experience, and um, she is really looking forward to sharing some of that um, insight with us. So that's next Monday. So getting organized to go after government contracts. That's next Monday. And again, I don't want you to forget about my free teleclass on February 3rd. It's Power Keys for an Organized You. So I'm going to go over the reasons we clutter. I'm going to go over how we can conquer time wasters. I'm going to go over some simple things you can do to create a home free of clutter. So make sure you go to my website at www.JanetMTaylor.com to register. So um, there is still time and there is still a little bit of room left on that teleclass. So I'm looking forward to that. So, again, as always, I thank you so much. I appreciate all of you um, for joining me once again on a Monday night. And um, I hope you share this podcast with your families, your friends, and on social media networks. And, of course, you know, go to my website for information about the teleclass, about my services, um, and just if you um, have any questions that you want answered about getting organized. So until next time, I want you to have a clutter-free day. But most of all, I want you to have an organized week. Organization is the quintessential element to a clutter-free life. Join me as we take this journey together. 
Along the way, we will find the necessary answers to solve your organizing dilemma. My name is Janet M. Taylor, and you are tuned in to Got Clutter? Get Organized.